Hello everyone, uh, welcome back to Legends of the Spire for another player interview uh, looking at the former players and managers of Chesterfield FC. Now last time out we had a chat with Steve Spooner, uh, I hope you enjoyed uh, listening to that one. This week uh, we are staying with the alliterative uh, first name last name terms by going uh, for a chat with Bob Bloomer. Uh, now it's really lovely having a chat with Bob. Uh, he was uh, with Chesterfield uh, from like the mid 80s to early 90s um, before um, then having a long, long career at places like um, in Bristol, at Cheltenham, uh, where he was at Cheltenham for ages and ages and ages. Uh, he now works for the EFL, so uh, interesting uh, what he's gone on to do uh, and how he stayed in the game, kind of post-playing. And we had loads and loads of uh, chat just about all the players that he used to play with, uh, goals that he remembers, games that stick out in the mind, especially scoring against Sheffield United, which was really good fun. Um, so I hope you all uh, enjoy the chat today. Uh, big thanks to uh, Phil Tooley and Paul Keller who put in a good word uh, when uh, Bob did some uh, commentary uh, in pre-season uh, when we were down his way. So big thanks to them as always for putting in a good word. They have done it a lot and they deserve a mention. Uh, as always, I am at Spite Legends on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and you can also find us on Facebook as well. Just search for Legends of the Spire. Uh, and there's also the latest issue of Linda's Sandwich Shot fanzine. If you haven't got it already, please do grab a copy. Uh, but here we are with the latest episode uh, with the one and only Bob Bloomer. Great to have a chat with him and hope you enjoy it. Here we go. You were kind of born in World Cup year, weren't you? So yeah, I suppose I it's destined that you were going to be a footballer. <laughs> um, yeah, you could say that. 1966 and all that. Um, and yeah, from as long back as I can remember, I wanted to be a footballer and used to kick a ball around like many young kids do on the streets and dream of being uh, professional. And uh, yeah, I was lucky enough for it to be realised. Yeah. And obviously Sheffield, it's a football mad city, isn't it? So uh, kind of growing up around Derbyshire, Yorkshire, everywhere, it's, uh, I suppose, like the whole country, it's all just football mad, isn't it? So was that the only ever sport for you, football? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, I enjoyed um, many other sports and played them at school, but football was always the focus. I always came back to that and always was even though I enjoyed playing tennis and cricket and badminton, you know, numerous other athletics and stuff. Mm. Um, football was my number one focus and that's where I wanted to go first and foremost. And then if not, then uh, would I be good enough to, to play any other sport? Mm, probably not. Okay. Uh, even though I you know, did all right at one or two of them. Mm. Um, and yeah, growing up in, in Sheffield, it was... Uh, the blue or the red, Wednesday or United, and um, my family were predominantly well, not all Wednesdayites. So, uh, as always, you, you you get sort of ingrained into into that. Usually, not many uh, go. No, I want to go on the other side. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but when I was younger, I was like a lot of others. Uh, followed the best team at the time. So when I was really, you know getting into football, I suppose, playing and kicking it around at four and five years old. Um, early 70s, it was Le Leeds United. Mm. And, uh, and sort of 
you know, being interested in, in them with them being the best team, like a lot of young kids do. But, um, yeah, the moment I, I was old enough to, uh, to to go to games, it was uh, down the road to Hillsborough and uh, that was it. Who were the players that you really liked watching them when you were growing up? Um, well, it would be those, you know, those greats at Leeds, you know, mm. uh, of the 70s. Um, Alan Clark, Eddie Gray. Peter Lorimer with his hot shot was uh, was you know yeah. tried to reminisce and uh, many a garage and and garden gate got battered from me trying to kick it as hard as I could. <laughs> I, um, I live in Leeds, so I'm not far from where uh, Jack Tarleton used to used to live. I'm kind of down the road from his old house. Yeah, and as it happened when when I. Um, uh, was playing, you know. I, I, I started playing obviously for school, and then uh, got into um, Sunday football in my sort of early teens. Mm. Uh, and the first serious team I played for was was um, you know Middlewood Juniors, which was Sheffield Wednesday's nursery team. You know their schoolboy team. And uh, and as it happened, Jack Charlton was manager then. Mm. He would have been the manager, the first team manager around that sort of time. What would that have been? Um, late seventies, yeah. Uh, and yeah, you know my my first uh, taste, if you like, of 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 a professional club was training at Middlewood and uh, with Sheffield Wednesdays under fifteens, um, and yeah, and playing for their mm. uh, their their Sunday side. I always remember Sean O'Neill, obviously when he was at. Leeds used to get picked up by Jack Charlton and <laughs> said his car was just full of fishing fishing gear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keen so, fishing money, Jack. <laughs> so how did you end up at, at Chestfield then? Because was it around that time it was all uh, was it Jamie Hewitt at the time talking about blue forms and uh, and things like that around? How did it kind of work for you? Yeah, well, as I said, I, I was a schoolboy at Sheffield Wednesday. Didn't get offered a, an apprenticeship, as it was then. Um, and they only used to sign one and two players. So it was, you know, it was the the very best players that used to get signed. And it was difficult, more difficult, if you like, than um, than it is, I suppose, late, or I was later on with, with more funding being available. Um, but even so, you know, it was, uh, it was not uh, on the cards for me at Sheffield Wednesday. So then... I uh, I played. They had, they had an under 18s team, which wasn't really linked with the club. Then it was different. You know, the funding was different, and 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 everything. So it it was it was called Middlewood Juniors, but it wasn't part of the club. So I played with them for a bit, and then um, uh, I would have been sixteen and sixteen seventeen, and uh, got myself a job uh, working. Uh, in a in a factory, uh, earning me earning me keep, but still dreaming of being a footballer. So while I was playing for, with my mates for Middlewood Juniors and and then just a pub team in in Sheffield, I uh, I just carried on writing letters, and um, the chap who, uh, who who used to pick up those letters and take young players up to Chesterfield from. The Sheffield area because that's how they branched out and and, uh, and recruited uh, was a guy called Derek Cluley, and um, 
unbeknownst to me, uh, um, he was involved in, in that. He was my neighbour. He lived across the road. <laughs> and um, it, you know, he'd come to my door, knocked on my door, and I thought, what have I done now? I kicked another ball against his gate or garage, upset him. Uh, all right, Derek. Uh, and he's, uh, yeah, I've just received a letter um, for you to come to Chesterfield for trial. And I'm sort of puzzled when, how come you've got it? <laughs> Explained. And, uh, and that's where it started. So he um, arranged to pick me up um, from when I left work. Uh, in town, in Sheffield Town Centre, along with a couple of other lads, and used to take us up to um, what was Eckington, I think we first used mm. to uh, uh, train at. Um, one floodlight to cover a whole pitch uh, that weren't the greatest, and people, you know, some of the lads who who, who you've done uh, <laughs> talks with before might have already spoke about Eckington. Yeah, a few, yeah, I've mentioned that. Um, so we used to train there, and also we used to just go to the ground. So we'd go to to Saltergate, and um, and either do some running around the pitch, if it was fitness work, or uh, if it was if it, if we were getting the balls out, we'd be kicking them around under the stand, <laughs> dodging Anthony's tractor and you know a few spades. And... <laughs> so that was um, that was our our training uh, area. We used to do that twice a week. Um, and I did that for for probably I don't know six months or so, maybe even longer than that. Probably longer than that. Probably best part of a season, I would I, I would think. And and that would have been what would that have been? That would have been the season that Chesterfield uh, were it, were going for promotion. Yeah, I've seen your what name on 84? the. Yeah, you can see the um on on the the Chesterfield uh history website which is brilliant by the way it's got lineups of reserves and youth teams and first teams and all sorts and i've seen yeah. your name a few times in the 84 85 season which was obviously the season we won promotion i see your name in there quite a lot in that kind of reserves yes yeah. uh, that would have been exactly that i would have been playing that would have been my first experience of playing uh reserve football and um for the under eighteen team on Saturday mornings, we used to uh, we used to have some really good games. Actually, we used to play the likes of Coventry and Derby and Aston Villa. I mean, I remember some of the places we used to go, and it was you know, fantastic uh, games for for Chester to be playing. So we had that. We had those games on a Saturday morning, and then we also used to play in the uh, I think it was called the Midland Floodlit League, and we used to. You know, it was it was a, a, a again a, a young team. I don't know whether it was as, was an under eighteen team or whether it was part of the reserves. But we used to play uh, in that league against uh, Arnold and Shepshed Dynamo and or Shepshed Charterhouse, whatever they were called then. Uh, uh, all, all the teams in and around Derbyshire and Nottinghamshire, uh, Lincoln United, Leicester United. You know, there's all these. Uh, these teams that I'd not really heard of before that we uh, we went and played and they were like men's teams and, and we were generally lads my age so they were tough games it was a, it was a tough uh, um, say so getting used to a few kicks school. and <laughs> definitely yeah um, and and you know it was uh, it was what we did it, it must have been lovely then to be around <laughs> Chesterfield at the time of the first team doing so well then and having having all that success did you did you spend a lot of time with them or well, were you kind was, of quite 
it was it was good, yeah. But I I, I wasn't around it. I wasn't, mm. in all honesty, I wasn't around the first team environment then. Uh, it was just going uh, up there twice a week to train and playing uh, these uh, either games against the academies on on the or well, they weren't academies then. They're just you know they're they're under mm. 18th teams on uh, Saturday mornings, and then these uh, midweek games uh, in this Midland Floodlit League. Yeah. Um, and it weren't until the following season that uh, I started to um, get a little bit of, uh, of involvement. Yeah. Um, and I think my first game, I think it was against Mansfield, my first senior mm. game, I think, was against Mansfield in, in the, whatever that cup was called then. Was it been Sherpa Van or? It, yeah, it was It was before yeah. it was called Sherpa Van. I've got the name yeah. of it here. Where is it? Auto Blast. The Freight Rover Trophy. Freight Rover, there you go. <laughs> Which it says was against Darlington, I think. Your, um, so David says it was against Darlington in the Freight Rover yes. Trophy. Right, okay. Which is now like, which is what is now the Papa John's, is it? Or the, um, yeah. it's been had so many well, different names. Maybe it, it was an arranged game then, arranged uh, friendly game against uh, Mansfield that I'm thinking of. Because, you know, if, if there was no game, say we'd been knocked out of the FA Cup or whatever, mm. uh, they, they, I remember them arranging um, games. And I think it might have been one of them. I, yeah, I, just, I just seem to remember that it was uh, against Mansfield where I, I made my first senior appearance. Mm. But it might, I might be wrong. It might be about my second or third game. Um, and, yeah, that would have been the sort of 80, the, the following season after he got promoted, I guess, 84, 85. Yeah, 80, 85, 86. 85, 86, yeah. Yeah, so I was looking at in that season, I think you made like six appearances. I think that season yeah. I've got your league debut was a a three two defeat at Bournemouth. Bournemouth, yeah, yeah. What what was that like? Kind of getting league debut. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I just like I said, at this time I was I was still a non contract player. I, I was um, I was still only training part time, mm-hmm. and um, and yeah, I'd I'd sort of played um, a few games, you know, behind closed doors games and one or two friendlies, and then. Um, Got the call up to play um, against Bournemouth, and uh, yeah, it was it was weird for me because I, all growing up, that's where we used to go every every year for our holidays, summer holidays to <laughs> Bournemouth. So I was really familiar with with that as a place. Mm. So I suppose you know it's destiny destiny to, to make your debut there <laughs> at Old Dean Court and. Um, and it was uh, a time when Jerry Armstrong came, and I'm not sure whether that was his debut or one of his first games. He came on loan to the club, um, and yeah, I, I made my debut on a cold, uh, you know, cold night. I remember it being freezing cold night, and uh, you know, we made a good, good fist of it, but but lost the game. Uh, but yeah, great, great experience for me in my first game, even though we'd lost. And then I just remember getting back. Chesterfield at God knows the clock, um, and missing the last train. Me and Phil Brown, um, getting back to the state Chesterfield station, missing last last train, and uh, sleeping in the uh, in the station. <laughs> sat in yeah, sat in the waiting room, and um, yeah, 
yeah, sleeping in then or, or chatting away until, you know, five o'clock or six o'clock in the morning when the first uh, milk train, as you used to call it, uh, pulled in and we could go. <laughs> <laughs> the glamorous life of being a footballer. That was, right? Yeah, that was my uh, my debut and and and, uh, and the aftermath of it. That's brilliant. What what were what what were the other players? How did how did they kind of uh, treat you? Because obviously, if you were still trying to get a contract, did, was it those? Yeah. Was it a helping hand or was it you go and make the tea? <laughs> um, no, not really, because I, I was I weren't a a, a a rookie. I don't think. Well, I was, uh, but I was approaching nineteen, mm-hmm. um, and so I I weren't classed as an apprentice. I didn't feel as a, I can't remember being treated like you know good do this do that do the other as the yeah. young kid. Um, this sort of seemed to. You know, embraced me straight away. You know, even though I was the youngest in the team, one of the youngest. Um, yeah, great. You know, great bunch of experienced players, and it was predominantly experienced players in there. Mm. You know, you got um, Mossy and Phil Walker up front. You got uh, people like um, uh, Mick Henderson. Um, uh, who else was in midfield? I mean. In, in, at the outset, it would have been you know Steve Spooner and, and um, Steve Kendall, mm-hmm. and then yeah. uh, at the back you got you know Bainsey, Les Hunter, um, Sean O'Neill, Brian Scrimger, you know so a lot of experience and lads mm-hmm. who, who just won the fourth division, so you know they'd had that success and they wanted to carry that on in the third division and uh, you know it was it was it was tough you know that step yeah. up like it. It was back then. It, it, it is now. You know, when when any club steps up a league, it's um, it's tough to bed yourself in. And even though they were really good players and 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 had that success, um, it, it was it was a tough season because there were some good teams in in the third division then. Hmm. I, I remember yeah. speaking to John Duncan, bless him, uh, uh, a couple of years ago, and he was talking about how. Um, uh, that step up maybe or he underestimated the step up maybe and you know he was like oh that taught me taught me a few things kind of that season because it was like a come back 17th something like that I think um and you yeah. kind of made your debut in the January I think that season so it was first game yeah yeah so it's I suppose for you it was a good way of uh kind of finding your feet that season because then the next season you made like 31 league appearances something like that you were yeah, that 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 was my first season. Like you said, I I had I had a run of six games. You know, John put put me in, gave, gave him a debut, um, and you know, give give me a, a run of games to to see right is this kid good enough for league football? Um, and after those six games, uh, I was obviously spoken to about you know coming out of the side, and then I suppose that's when. You, 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 um, your extended apprenticeship starts then, really, as mm. as far as right. You know, we we think you've got something to offer as a as, as a pro footballer. Um, let's see where it takes you. Um, and and as I said, I, I was part time still. I was I, I was still non contract then, and um, it it wetted my appetite. So yeah, I, I I just I just left my job. And and said to John, "Look, can I come in and train full time?" Uh, and he said, "Yeah, of course you can. You know, and you know, we'll we'll have a we'll have a proper um, look and, and and discussion about a contract." 
Mm. That's what happened. You know, I, came, I, I went in full time, and um, before long, yeah, it, a, a full time contract was uh, was put on the table for me, and uh, I obviously signed it immediately, and uh, and that was the the start of my my, my pro pro career. This was the incident that so incensed Knox manager Neil Warnock. Andy Morris' tackle on Wayne Fairclough will probably put the Knox player out of the game for the rest of the season. Today, Neil Warnock said, I don't think there's any place in football for a tackle like that. Warnock claims he heard a well-done comment made by the Chesterfield bench to Andy Morris. Now Chesterfield's chairman, Barry Hubbard, is considering legal action against Neil Warnock. It was confirmed today that Fairclough hasn't fractured his leg. He does have considerable damage. Going from part time uh, to full time, do you notice the? Uh, do you notice yourself getting a lot better, a lot, uh, a lot quicker, and getting up, getting up to speed? Do you kind of, I, kind of notice that? I, I didn't. I didn't really. No, not not fitness wise. I always mm. felt as though I was a fairly fit lad anyway. Um, but but football wise, yeah, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, you know, learning off the experienced lads there, and the, you know, not not just the the actual sharpening up, you, you, you know, your technical stuff, mm. just everything about it, you know, just, uh, uh, yeah, everything about about being a, a pro footballer and uh, and learning how to uh, carry yourself and, mm. and, and win games. Because ultimately, you know, once you become a pro, uh, you, you get in there and, uh, and that, that's it, you know. Yeah. It's, it's winning games and trying to be successful. Um which is what they'd done the previous season, but um, yeah, it was a, it was it was a, it was a tough season that first one in the third division. But in the following season, uh, like you said, I I, uh, I started to, to to break in then um, and, and become a regular, if you like, in the team. Then yeah. So for any fans watching this that um, that didn't see you play, what what how would you describe yourself as a player? Fit, strong. Uncompromising, uh, yeah. But those three, and then anything associated with that, really. Um, I was never the most graceful player, but I had power, a little bit of pace uh, at my best. And, and when I was at my best, it was, uh, it was, yeah, yeah, being an all-action uh, uh, midfield player. Um, that, that's what, what what I was mainly in the team. Um, but then I, I sort of developed into a, a, a bit more of a utility player. I, I played central midfield uh, a lot at the start. And then um, I, I, I did play one or two other positions in midfield and also um, fullback as well. So uh, I developed a little bit more as a, as, as a, a utility player, if you like, um, as my career uh, went on. Um, but midfield was, was where I... Enjoyed it the most, and uh, and you know trying to um, get forward and score goals because I was I was a forward when I was playing for um, uh, Wednesday Juniors, um, but yeah, I, I I I knew I wasn't really an out and out forward type player, um, and and being a midfielder trying to break forward. Uh, mm. I enjoyed that, and, and and that's where I had my, my first sort of uh, you know, two or three seasons with Chesterfield. Yeah, and it's it's funny when I was talking to Steve Spooner the other day, he was saying that when he joined Chesterfield, he was the type of midfielder that want want to 
get forward and would leave plenty of gaps in midfield. And that used to really frustrate John Duncan. So he'd be saying, what are you doing leaving all that space? <laughs> Did you have to implant <laughs> well, that had, position I had in that, midfield? I had that, that conversation. Yeah, I had that conversation. Um, but I, I quickly learned and, and, and tried to uh, adapt my game into being uh, that all-round midfield player. And and uh, it probably lent itself for me to be a breaker up of play and, you know, the, the type of player I was. Um, yeah, lent itself to be, that being more of my strength, breaking up play and being a more of a a defensive midfield player um, than 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 you know doing doing everything and being a a real top uh, creative uh, and, and goal scoring midfield player. Yeah. Although I did have a you know the the, the uh, you know season where I scored sort of ten goals, I think or eleven goals. But yeah. then a lot of them when I was take, taking penalties. So yeah. it's it's funny because it's I think it's a position that's really uh, certainly from my time supporting Chesterfield, and I think even more so recently, it's become a, a really appreciated position. You know, with the likes of the Derek Nivens or the Sam Morses, or now we've got Tom Naylor in midfield that are there to um, kind of break down those opposition attacks, aren't they? And um, play it simple and pass it on it's a, it's a very appreciated position I, I feel nowadays was it like that back then uh yeah yeah I think so um and I felt that I dovetailed well with one or two players uh over over my time in you know midfield um like Sir Tony Reed who were who were really good passers of the ball so mm-hmm. you know being able to link in with him and be the the one who breaks stuff up and then you know Go on, Tony. You spray it around. Mm. Um, and Kevin Arnott. Kevin Arnott was a was, was a great player. I thought for for Chesterfield, um, and, and we had a really good. Uh, I felt a good relationship where again, great play up. And and Kevin was a, a really elegant footballer and good passer of, of the ball. And I felt that again, you know, we, we we dovetailed well. So that 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 that's what I remember from, uh, you know, those those times that. The relationships you had with different midfield players, but then I, I also had a, a good one with Aidy Shaw as well. You know, we were we were pretty much identical players, both ball winners, and you know, we we, we could we could pass it, but we weren't like neither of us would 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 say, oh, we're you know, uh, a Kevin Arnott type or a Tony Reid type uh, mm. midfield player. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we we, we were similar, but. Uh, that that worked well for a for a period as well. So, yeah, yeah, pivotal position. So, so your first goal was uh, a four three win against Wigan. Uh, yeah, I mean, my, my first senior goal I remember being against Mansfield. In, oh, right. okay. In, yeah. In, in, in yeah, I mean, I definitely got you scoring against Mansfield yeah. a few times. <laughs> with a, with a, you know, um, a god awful uh, night in in the mud. I remember striking this ball and you know and. And it, you know, the water coming off the net and all that. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, there was hardly anybody there. But for me, it could have been in front of the, like, you know, fifty thousand. It was mm. like, you know, I've scored a, I've scored a senior goal. Yeah, yeah. Even though it was uh, was not a proper, you know, proper game. Mm. Uh, but but that was that was different when when it happened against Wigan. I mean, we were we were three one down. Um, game was was done really with with ten minutes to go. Uh, and then uh, I forget was it Tony who scored to make it three two? 
I think, uh, and, yeah, I think possibly you scored the third, didn't you? And then I I broke into the box, fired it into the top corner from a, a tight angle. You know, just just one of them where you you sort of you're in and around the goal, and there's a lot of bodies around, and they just you know turn and hit it. And then when you're, you you know you look up and it just you know goes in that magical top corner and yeah. it's like a three all and you think wow, um and 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 that was like the place went mad and then Tony Reed picks the ball up in like the last minute and decides do you know what I'll have a shot from here whatever twenty five yards out and that flew in the top corner as well <laughs> and it, the place went even more mental it was like yeah what a what a game and what an experience you know me scoring my first. Uh, senior goal in the league and uh, us coming from nowhere to you know from a game we we were lose we were going to lose and uh, and and winning it four three. There's no better feeling, is it? It's like winning ten games yeah. rather than one, isn't it? When something like yeah. that happens. <laughs> so yeah, amazing. You know, one of one obviously the main memories of uh, of, of of my time there. Mm. And you had another couple that season. I think you scored at Notts County and Fulham. I think. Um, yeah, I think both, uh, both defeats maybe, but another couple of goals which is all good. Yeah, uh, Notts County one. Uh, Dave Caldwell got out wide and uh, and put put a cross in, and uh, I've just sort of nipped across at the near post and got a, a, a sort of glancing header mm. that just came off. And again, as 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 I headed it, I looked round and you just know it's going over. It was Mick Leonard who was in goal actually, mm. um, who, who came to Chesterfield soon mm. after. Um, Knowing it was dropping in the far corner, so yeah, that was uh, that, that was a, a memorable goal again. I mean, I remember most of them. I didn't score tons of them, so I, you know, if you if you remember, remind me who I, who I scored against, I'll tell you the goal. <laughs> um, who was the other one? Fulham, yeah, Fulham, Fulham yeah. Um, the Craven Cottage. Uh, I think it might have been the did was it the opening goal? I think you put us one nil up, didn't it? And didn't we lose the game three one? Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, you scored I, against I, Fulham a couple of times, didn't you? I think. Yeah, nipped in, uh, in, in, just got it in front of the keeper, went round him, and, and just managed to squeeze it into the empty net. Mm. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, they came back at us and uh, and, and beat us three one in that game. Hereford got off to a flying start, taking the lead with their first real attack. Tester made the break, and Darren Peacock applied the goal touch. But before United could build on that lead, Chesterfield had demolished their defence. Dave Waller, top scorer for the past two seasons, headed the equaliser. Within minutes, their lead had gone again. The defence opened up and Waller hit his second goal. So you, you became like a really pivotal uh, figure in that team, didn't you, for a few seasons? Like 31 appearances that season and 87-88 was... 38 appearances, 88, 89, yeah. 44. It was, you know, you've had a good stretch of games, didn't you, over those three yeah. seasons? Yeah, I did, yeah. It was it was, it was, was a good time. Like I said, you know, I, I broke into the team and then, um, yeah, for those, those two or three seasons, uh, I, I was uh, I was, I was pretty much regular. Uh, I had a couple of injuries in amongst that. Um, but other than that, I'm one or two minor discretions on the disciplinary side, let's say. Uh, <laughs> I was going to mention that. <laughs> it did pop up on the sheet. Twelfth minute, <laughs> red card for descent in the twelfth minute, it said. <laughs> um, was, what was that? Against, was that against Chester? Chester? Yeah, Chester. in 87, 88, yeah. 
Yeah, that that, that was my problem. Um, I I got sent off three times for Chesterfield, uh, and only only the one was, you know, for for, for doing my job and 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 trying to win a ball and mm. and just mistiming it and getting sent off for two, you know, two tackles. The other two were, you know. Uh, from a manager's side, you know, unex- inexcusable, really, just descent. Mm. The, the 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 Chester one, um, we we were running together, me, me and a uh, forward called Gary Bennett, and um, um, he, he's thrust his elbow out and smacked me in the face. So I've sort of uh, had a little go back, and then he's he's booked us both, and 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 I've like, you know. <laughs> What are you doing? It just smashed me in the face, and you know I, I've lost my head. And uh, he's he's then gone. Oh, well, if you're going to be like that, you can have a red card. And it was like, uh, yeah. So that was uh, that was pretty bad. And then and then the other one for descent was even worse against Walsall, where I came on as a sub and was told, you know, go on and you know we uh, make sure we. Uh, um, we win the game, mm-hmm. and uh, within within five minutes, I'll give away a penalty. And um, Willie Norton, it was who sort of gone, dragged the ball. He was going to cross it, and he's, and he's dragged it. And as he's dragged it, I've sort of gone to make a challenge, stopped. Of course, he's he's clever and just yeah, you know thing, yeah. over me. And uh, he's he's done me basically. And um and the refs bought it and give a penalty. Of course, I've gone ballistic because one, I know I've gone on to show the game up and now I've given away a penalty. So I've gone berserk. What are you talking about? Da-da-da. And uh, he's gone, oh, not having that red card. So I'm like, uh, trudged off. Do you make eye contact with the manager or <laughs> no, straight down the tunnel and, and just sat in there because there was there was hardly any time left. And um and thank, I, I forget the result, but I, I'm pretty sure we didn't lose. Mm. Otherwise, I'd have probably been strung up, uh, maybe even sacked on the spot. Mm. Um, but it was a it was a severe uh, telling off, and uh, told you to go on and shore it up, and you nearly lost us the game. Mm. So yeah, I, I, that was a, a not a great time. It's, I've had loads of players talk that I've spoken to before that have said, oh, you know, cross the white line. I think maybe it was Tony Lorman that I was speaking to. He was saying, cross the white line, completely different person. And sometimes you look at yourself and think, God, what what, what happened there? I'm not like that. But I suppose you're there to there to win, aren't you? And it's... Uh... Yeah, but, but you know, it, it, you, sometimes you have to learn the hard way. And, and, and that was, you know, um, a step too far. Uh, realizing that you can't just go around, you know, uh, refereeing the game for, mm. for, for because they, they they'll send you off, and uh, and it happened to me on two occasions. It should have just happened on one, and I should have just learned the first time. Um, so yeah, you know, didn't didn't uh, come myself in much glory there, and uh, and then the other sending off was 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 as I say was a a. a you know, to to tackle thing against Port Vale and um, uh, got you know got sent off towards the end of the game and um, that was which, a bit more. Which in the role you play, I suppose. It was a bit more. That happens sometimes. You know, yeah. What happens? Mm. Not like I say, getting sent off. You know, within twelve minutes of a game and getting sent off within 
10 minutes against going on as a sub. Yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, and so, you know, you, you have to accept that those memories and, and, and they're attached to you as well, as well as your, your good times. Um, but, yeah, I, I would like to think that the, the, the positives outweigh those, uh, th- those negatives. Yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. Well, also that season, you scored... Uh, it was a three-one win against Mansfield, so I've, I've got that on that on my list. What was the Mansfield goal? Like, uh, Mansfield. This was the game. I think there was an own goal in it. I think Dave Wallace scored the other one. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm trying to think because I, I, as I said, the, the, the Mansfield goal I remember was was the, that one I've, I was speaking about where mm. I scored in a, in a friendly, and I'm just trying to recollect the one that I scored in in the three-one win. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is one that's escaping me as far as yeah. how it came about. It can't have been anything remarkable. Maybe it was just one of them sort of, you know, rebounds that I, I uh, sort of uh, mm-hmm. picked up and stuck in. I can't remember it being a – if it had been anything special, I'd have remembered it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I've not got a clip of it or anything, so if you want to say no, it was a 50-yard halfway line, chip the keeper yeah. then. I, I know, I know. <laughs> Being able to just go, oh, I'll show it you. Here it is. Um, the only overhead kick I ever scored. <laughs> <laughs> um, what were those Mansfield games like? Because obviously it was still, um, obviously fresh in the memory, wasn't it? Still all strikes and things like that. It was all yeah, fresh in the memory. I mean, yeah, they, they were at the, the, the our local derby. You know, um, they were the closest ones, closest rivals, weren't they? Um, and and so I remember the the Mansfield games having you know that extra spice to them, um, and Notts County games always were as well. Yeah, uh, and even now. And we didn't we didn't really play against uh, the two Sheffield teams until later on when we played Sheffield United. Uh, didn't 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 play really. I think we played against Sheffield Wednesday in 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 like a testimonial game or a friendly game. Yeah. Um, and then Rotherham, you know, Rotherham games um, and Doncaster games, but not 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 the same as um, as the Mansfield game. Mm. Mansfield game was 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 the what what was considered by the fans as the as the big rivalry. Trying to play this ball out of trouble, Chesterfield and you, a beautiful ball to Waller, shoot, yes, a lovely goal. And Chesterfield take the lead in the 35th minute. 88-89 then, you scored loads of goals that season. Like you said, you took on a few penalties, but you had like 10 goals. It was obviously the season we got relegated, but personally you had a a great season, I suppose. Yeah, that was it. It was was bittersweet, really, because uh, as far as return and, and seasons... It was uh, personally um, my best season, I, I would say, with the club. Uh, but it culminated, unfortunately, with uh, with us getting relegated again, uh, in that last game against Reading. I think it was. Hmm. Yeah, uh, Paul Hart took over that uh, yeah. season, didn't he? What was it? What was that change like? Yeah, I mean. Um, uh, John John went and, and and Kev took over and and then and then after Kev, Kev left um, Paul came in and um, as I say I, I'd been in the team 
uh, and then continued in the side under him and, and, and made a good impression with him for uh, him uh, making me captain for a period of it. Uh, and as I say, I was obviously uh, having the, the, the best part of my career there, both uh, playing and, and contributing with goals. Uh, and, and you know, took on the, uh, the the responsibility of taking penalties, um, and and had that for uh, for for that season, the majority of that season, um, and it contributed to me getting into double figures with goals, mm. and that obviously would have, you know, and, uh, anybody who who scores goals from midfield is going to uh, attract a little bit of attention from uh, from from elsewhere. Not that I knew anything or you know there was, there was there was nothing said to me about oh you know this is happening and that's happening it there was none of that but um you you, you knew that yeah like any player if i'm if i'm doing well i'm scoring goals maybe one or two uh, people will be interested in me but i just you know got me head down and um and carried on and yeah, yeah. How, how did you end up becoming penalty taker was that something you have a go in training, or is it? Yeah, it yeah, I think so. I, I think I think I'd sort of um, done it, you know, playing playing as a youngster, uh, and then when it became available, I, I forget whether it was Dave Waller who was uh, penalty taker before me. Could have been, yeah, maybe, yeah, and maybe you know the usual missed missed one or missed a couple, and then uh, yeah, I, I I wouldn't remember which was my first penalty I took. But said, look, I'll, I'll take it and scored. So you know, if you if you step up for that first one and score, it continues usually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was one game where we played Gillingham at home, and um, I'd, I'd scored one or two penalties. So I thought I could take them then. So then decided from my usual uh, head down and bury it to to place in it. Uh, and I missed. Hmm. Um, and um, we were one nil up, I think. We, yeah, we were one nil up, and I missed the penalty. And then they went down the other end and and scored. So it was like, well, double whammy. We should have been two nil up, and that's one all. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I think Andy Rolf scored to make it two one to us in the second half. And then we got another penalty, and and Dave Waller said. You know, so I'll take it. I went, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna redeem myself here. And uh, thinking I've got to score this, and uh, and then there was no messing about there. It was like head down, and you know, back to my my, my smash it into the into the net routine, and and, and it worked and scored, and we won three one. So it all turned out all right, and I, and I, and uh, you know because of that, I carried on uh, taking penalties. Um. And I, I think it just, it, I'm not sure whether it was just taken off me or or I, I think I might have been out of the side. I think I might have been out of the side for a bit and and, and Bryn Gunn uh, came and he was he was a prolific penalty taker uh, and, he, and he assumed the uh, penalty taking and, uh, and and it just continued from then really. So, so in that season, you scored loads of goals, scored against Mansfield again, scored against Fulham again. Uh... Yeah. And Sheffield United as well in that three-one win against Sheffield United. Yeah, I had a, I had a little purple patch there with, with the goals you're talking about um, over a period of about 
a week or so, maybe two weeks where I scored like four goals, I think. Um, and I got two against Fulham, um, a penalty and a free kick. Uh, we won four one at home. That was a that was a really good win. Um, and then you know the, uh, the the game at Bramall Lane, which is etched in mind and will be uh, more than any other game, uh, purely because of like you know the the, the connection. You know, yeah. Sheffield lad, born and bred in Sheffield, um, a Sheffield Wednesday fan, got loads of uh, mates who are Sheffield United fans, um, and going there. Playing a game there at Bramall Lane, uh, where I've, I've I've watched, you know, Sheffield Wednesday, uh, play games mm. to actually be on the pitch playing, but not only playing, being captain. Um, was like, you know, this is this is this is it. This is what I want yeah. to uh, play football for for this this type of uh, of experience and feeling, um, and then within, you know. I don't know what what minute it was. You'll probably tell me. Uh, not not long. I don't think early in the first half, ball gets fired. I think it was um, Gavin McDonald broke into the into the box, fired it across. It's it's ricocheted off one of their their defenders who's tried to clear it. I've sort of it's come to me really quick. I've just controlled it or or, or got it, and it's under my feet, and then. Realised I've got it this quick, so I did, and it just pinged into the top of the net, <laughs> and uh, it was at the, <laughs> the top end where my mates are watching the game, <laughs> and I've had to sort of stop myself from celebrating in front of their cop to turn myself around <laughs> um, to celebrate, and then and then wanting to just do a hundred meter sprint all the way up the pitch to uh, to our fans. Mm. A bit too far away, so I just had to do a uh, <laughs> my own celebration, and uh, yeah, the the big celebration came after the game. <laughs> I bet it did. I bet. And it, that, I bet that's it was a story in itself. I mean, that was just fantastic. And uh, Adi Shaw tells it really well because mm. it was one of his first games, Adi's, and um, you know we've won the game three one. Played out of our skins, you know. They're they're top of the table. We're we're struggling down in the bottom bottom end of the table mm. so it was a shock result really us going there and and and, uh, and winning 3-1 but you know the rivalry uh between you know between the the, the clubs was there because of the proximity and uh, mm. you know the, the end was packed with chesterfield fans and and, and we just all went up there and um ad ad was like thinking um why, why is everybody celebrating like that? And and I think I think what he did is he he sort of uh, shook hands with one or two players and then went went to go down the tunnel. And he, he said he went he got to the changing rooms and turned around and nobody was coming in. He thought, where is everybody? <laughs> and uh, and so he then turned around and come back down the tunnel and saw me on the fence like <laughs> you know, this with the fans. And he's thinking, that's a good result winning three one, but. <laughs> overdoing it a bit, and uh, I, I just explained to him, Eddie, it's like you as a Sunderland fan scoring uh, against Newcastle, mm. and he went, "All oh, right, okay, fair point." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, it it was it was a fantastic experience uh, from everything about it. You know, mm. playing there, captaining the team, 
in the game and score and scoring. Uh, it couldn't have um, been any any better experience uh, for me. Yeah, I, I suppose back then you didn't really quite like keep shirts or memento. I don't know. Did you keep mementos? As no, well back then? no, it weren't the same then. Yeah. You know, it weren't the same. Otherwise, I would have uh, had you know adorning like like a lot do. You know, mm-hmm. particularly from games like that. That would have been that would have been on on my wall and should probably should be as prize. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, possession uh, that that shirt and signed by. It'd been great. Mm. That would be fantastic if 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 I had that. You know, that shirt in a in a frame signed by all the you know the the players of the day and uh, from both teams. Yeah, I suppose back then you just put it in the wash, didn't you? And then wore it for the next. Well, you weren't allowed to keep it. That's what you're sure. only it like, season, you know, you? I mean, if I had took that off and chucked that into the crowd. Um, the kit man had gone. You better get in and get that. You got to wear that next week. <laughs> McDonald looks for Morris. Good chance, and it's there. Chesterfield in front after some twelve minutes play, and it's just the thing what Sheffield United didn't want down here, but. Brian Smith, unfortunately, not clearing his lines for Sheffield United as well as what he should have done. So after some 13 minutes, the score, Sheffield United nil, Chesterfield one. So after you obviously left Chesterfield in like the March of 1990, wasn't it? Um, And went to Bristol Rovers for like, what, 20,000, was it? Something like that? Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm led to believe, yeah, which was... um... A reasonable fee, let's yes. say. Yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> um, not a lot of money paid in them days for for, for players. Um, so, yeah, um, I just remember uh, that that season. I'd, I'd had a little bit of uh, time in and out of the team. A um, little bit of dropped off on form. I, I felt as though I. Uh, culminated with a couple of injuries that I picked up as well, but yeah, my foot, my form hadn't, hadn't been as great as the the previous season. But I'd I'd been in the team, um, for a fair few games, and then I'd been in and out a little bit leading up to a game against Exeter on a Tuesday night, and um, I was just uh, at home on the afternoon of that game, and. Uh, Get a phone call from from Paul Hart and thinking, oh, this isn't normally uh, good on the day of a game. Maybe I'm getting dropped or whatever. So, I take the call uh, and he said, oh, I've got um, Jerry Francis on the phone, or just been on the phone to me, um, interested in signing, you know, speaking to you to sign for Bristol Rovers. And and that was the first I knew about it. It wasn't as though anybody had talked to me about it previously or there was any rumours or anything like that. It was just completely out of the blue. Um, you know, this this interest. So mm-hmm. I went, all oh, right, uh, what about tonight? And he went, oh, yeah, you're playing tonight. He said, and um, Kenny Abit is uh, going to come to the game. Uh, it was uh, Jerry's assistant. Said, but they want to they want to talk to you and potentially um, to go down tomorrow, the day after you know day after the game 
on Tuesday night, the Wednesday, go down and speak to them. And because uh, the deadline, the uh, transfer deadline's a Thursday. Yeah. So it, if it's going to happen, it's got to be done fairly quick. Mm. So, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I said, you know, just prepare for the game as usual, play the game, and then we'll we'll take it from there. So I went, you know, went and uh, seen him before the game, and he just said, just get your head on the game, play, and then we'll we'll sort we'll have a we'll have a chat afterwards, and then uh, see what happens. So played the game, and um, uh, I, I scored actually. We you know we 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 lost the game two one, but I scored our goal, and didn't have a outstanding game, but obviously contributed and did okay. Um. But as it happened, uh, during that game, Tony Bryan went up for a header and and fell awkwardly and landed on his back and was struggling and and coughing up blood and was in a bit of a bit of a, a, a state. And, and after the game, Paul said, "Look, you know, Tony's uh, obviously got injured. We're not sure of the how bad it is. The deal's off, or the the move's likely to be off." He said, but I'll know a bit more tomorrow. He said, come and see me first thing in the morning. And if it's if he's okay, then you can you can sort of carry on down to Bristol and and, and chat to him as planned. Uh, and that's what I did. And I went in and he said, Oh, you know, it's it's good news on Tony, he's not as bad as he first thought. Because I couldn't I can't lose you and him. Um it looks like he's gonna be fine. So you know, go down and speak to him. He said, "But if it's not what you want, no problem. Don't, you know, don't don't do it. Just you know, uh, if it's not right." And uh, so he, he he put put the ball in my court, and I went down there and um, and and chatted to him uh, over over Wednesday, and then into Thursday, and then I had to make a decision then, and uh, yeah. I, I, I I was reluctant because I did I I, enjoy, I was enjoying my time at, at mm. Chesterfield, but I, I just looked at it as as, as it was a, a a good step in 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 standard for me um, at that time. You know, Chesterfield were, um, you know, bottom half of 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 the uh, uh, fourth division, um, and R- Bristol Rovers were going for promotion. From the old third division into second division, so that's what made my mind up. Really, I thought, you know, if they get promotion, I'm all of a sudden I'm I'm, I'm going to be a second division player. Yeah, yeah. one below the top. So it, it, that's that's what swayed it for me. Really, mm. I, I remember when I signed. You know, they they offered me a three year contract, and I didn't have an agent at that time or anything like that. I just used the PFA to uh, help. You know, the, with the negotiation side of things, and um, I remember phoning them up and saying, "Look, I've I've been offered this deal. Um, I want to, I want to, I want to go give it a go, but I've never, you know, moved away, and I, I don't know about settling things like that. They've offered me three years. Uh, sh- shall I, shall I sign it, or shall I ask for two years?" And they went, "Well, it's up to you. You know, the 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 security of a three year contract, but maybe." If you if you if you're happier to sign a two year contract, you might get a better deal money wise, whatever. Mm. So that's what I did, and 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 in 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 hindsight, it's foolish really. I should have signed a longer contract, um, because the money weren't, you know, vastly mm. uh, different. Mm. Um, 
but yeah, I did do, and it, it came to back, you know, back to bite me in the end because uh, I was there for two years, and I and I and I lost half of it through through a, through a knee injury that I'd sort of had a little bit at Chesterfield. It had sort of rectified itself, and then it, it flared up again halfway through my time at Rovers, mm. and and it and it turned out that when I had a scan, it was a bad one, and I and I had to have an operation uh, on a knee tendon that kept me out for ten months. So I lost half the contract then, you know, yeah. two years contract. I lost half of it. And if I'd have signed the three-year contract, I'd have had another year to, you know, prove myself mm. still further. Because in that time, Jerry Francis had left, who signed me. Martin Dobson had been and gone, and I'd not even featured or trained with him because I was injured. And then Dennis Roford took over. And even though Dennis put me in the team for the last sort of uh eight or nine games of the season. Uh and I, and I performed, you know, pretty well, I felt. Uh I didn't uh, I didn't do enough obviously to earn another contract. Whereas if I'd had, had a year to run, it, it mm. I'd have had that to to try and prove myself still further the following season. But you know, hindsight and all that business. Yeah. Um I um I I'm I came out of pro football and went back into um part-time football uh, with Cheltenham. I, I got one or two trials that I went on and one or two uh, clubs interested, but but nothing concrete. So I just went and, and trained at Cheltenham and I just got put onto them by a friend of mine who knew the manager. And I went there and uh, and enjoyed it and um, and just stayed there and settled into into playing part-time football and, and getting a job. Yeah. And you won the FA Trophy with them, didn't you? So it's uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we, we, they, when I joined them, they'd just come down from the conference, so they were in the uh, yeah league below the conference, mm-hmm. the, uh, the uh, Southern Premier, as it was called yeah. then. And uh, and we had you know two or three seasons of of almost getting back into the conference and not quite managing it. Uh, and and uh, around that sort of time was when. John Duncan came back to Chesterfield. Would that have been ninety five? Yeah, ninety three, maybe ninety four, three ninety four. Right. So yeah. So around that sort of time when they went back, um, Kev Randall rang me up. So um, yeah, I I thought it was a bit late. That, but yeah, it would have been yeah, yeah ninety four, ninety three, ninety four, uh, and said, you know, what are you doing? I said, oh well, you know, Cheltenham. Um, I've signed, I've signed a contract here. He said, oh, can you get out of it? I went, mm, don't know. <laughs> um, he said, because, you know, we know you. Uh, we're looking for players and, you know, we know you from your time here. You can come back and see, see if you, uh, you know, can get yourself back into full-time football. Mm-hmm. I was obviously open to that, uh, but Cheltenham weren't. <laughs> and uh, they weren't prepared to let me go for nothing. And, Chelten- and Chesterfield weren't. Mm. Buy me, of course they weren't. So that that just didn't materialise, unfortunately. Um, and uh, but my time at Cheltenham, I I I loved it. You know, it was great. Mm. And um and then when it get got to uh, the mid nineties, uh, Steve Cottrell came into the club, who, who was an ex player, mm. um, and he played. A little bit, and then and then is like player manager, and then he he sort of 
uh, concentrate on the managing side and got one or two better players in. And, uh, and that's when we started to be uh, successful then. Mm. Uh, and yeah, the the another highlight of my career is obviously being able to say that I played at the old Wembley, yeah. uh, albeit the, uh, the FA Trophy, but, you know, uh, great experience. And um, and certainly, it is when you win. Yeah, which we exactly. <laughs> and uh, lift the trophy, and yeah, nothing finer than being at at, at at that place and winning it, winning it, winning the trophy. And um, again, a dream of a young a young kid kicking a ball around, watching all MFA Cup finals, and thinking, I hope I get a chance to play in, in one of them. Mm. Unfortunately, I didn't. Uh, but I got to play there at, at, at some level, and uh, yeah. yeah. So we're yeah. kind of coming coming to the end, but you you ended up getting a uh, end up working in football, obviously. So some people yeah. kind of drift out the game, but you ended up and you're still in it. Yeah. So um, at the success at, at Cheltenham as a player in in you know winning at Wembley in the trophy, and then the following season, uh, um, winning you know promotion from the conference into the Football League mm. uh, and and being part of the, the team that uh, broke into uh, the, the Football League for the first time in their history. Um, and then that was then a decision to, to for, for not just me, but for a number of players to turn pro. Yeah. Uh, I did. Um, and and had the final sort of two years of, of my playing career uh, back as a professional uh, uh, with, with Cheltenham uh, in uh, in the in the uh, old third division as it as it was then. Yeah, and um, yeah, uh, had those two years, and then uh, during the second one, had not played much. I've been on the bench, been in the squad, but not playing. And Steve Cottrell said, "Do you want to be? You know, uh, would you want to carry on playing, or do you want to be a coach?" Uh, and uh, I made the decision to finish playing uh, at 35 and, and going to coaching. So I had had a period there where I was um, coaching the youth team, and and then over, over the sort of next eight years, I was I was coaching their first team uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, first team coach was assistant manager, and then I left there in 2009 after. Uh, you know, a real good sort of period uh, working with some really good guys in John Ward and Keith Downing, uh, and then uh, Bobby Gould for a, for a, for a short period of time, mm. and then and then left. Uh, yeah, left Cheltenham two thousand and nine, and was out of football as far as work as a coach, and looking and, and wondering where my next challenge would be, whether I would. Be a coach somewhere else, or or go into management. Uh, and nothing uh, took my fancy. That came up, and then, um, as it happened, uh, Adie Shaw, who I spoke about earlier, um, who I'm good friends with and remain good friends with, he he'd he'd come into Cheltenham uh, in his job as a regional manager of of, uh, of the club. And he, I just remember him walking into the office and I, and, and I said, what are you doing here? <laughs> and he said, oh, I'm, you know, I've just got a job with the Football League. So I, I knew of that role through 
Aidy's um, um, work mm. coming in. And then when I was out of work, Aidy uh, contacted me and said, look, the job I'm doing, uh, I was going to move to to Bristol and, and do all those clubs in that area. But I didn't do and I stayed in Chesterfield. This is him speaking. And now I'm going to take on the clubs in the north and stay here. Uh, but there's a, a job in the south. What do you think? So I said, mm, OK, I'll, I'll give it a go. And that was that was the start of it, you know, him, him sort of tipping me off about it, me going for the job and, and managing to get it. And, um, yeah, that was at the back end of 2009 and here we are 14 years later I've yeah. I, I, I just thought yeah I think I'll enjoy that because it's involvement in football it's it's youth football which I have a passion for and um yeah I've not looked back I've not sort of regretted it one bit and and, and you know looked over and gone more well, I don't want to do this anymore and uh, and hankered for being a coach or a, or a manager um, I get I get my football fix from going to watch under nines, right the way through to under sixteens, and then under eighteens and under twenty ones games, and as part of my job, and then also going still going and watching first team games, and so I get all that involvement in 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 my work with 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 the with the different clubs. Uh, I've got eight clubs that I look after in the southwest, and I do the same support role with them. Mm. Um, they all get funding, all these clubs, to run their academies. And uh, myself and Inga uh, and, and, and a group of other uh, regional managers have our, uh, have our group of clubs that we look after and, uh, and do the same support role uh, when we go into them. Mm. And, and then they get um, audited off the back of that to, uh, to retain their, uh, their academy status. So we're, we're their support, you know, and their internal... Yeah. Um, help if you like. So it's great. So it's great, great to find that route through, isn't it? Spoken to loads of footballers that you know fell out of it, or some of them, you know, retired with injuries and then find it difficult and uh, go into coaching because how how it ended for them and, and things like that. So for you to kind of play to a, to a good age and then uh, move into coaching and then this, it's kind of you must feel quite fortunate with how it's all happened. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we've just talked, and I've you know rambled on about all my uh, good bits, some little bit of bad bits, but just thinking about it all now from being that that little schoolboy who dreamt about being a footballer and and it and it uh, happening for me, and then being able to you know stay in football uh, full time, well part time to start with then full-time, then back to part-time, then back to full-time, then, mm. you know, at, at the end of my career, uh, being fortunate enough to be offered a role in coaching and do that for uh, for a period of years. Uh, and then going into the role I've, I've been doing for the last 14 years and um, now at the, you know, ripe old age of 57, I'm still involved in football and, um, and hope to be for many, many years to come. 